When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to Bingeworthy, a podcast dedicated to telling you which of these many dozens of streaming shows that are being thrown at you each week and month are worth your time and attention. Hosted by myself, Mike D'Angelo, and joining me today is Editor-in-Chief of The Playlist, Rodrigo Perez. Today we are talking about Tulsa King from Paramount+. Plus. Uh, the show stars Sylvester Stallone, which it basically follows his release from prison. He's a mafia capo. Uh, I believe they call him the general. And he's exiled to Tulsa, Oklahoma, where he builds a new criminal empire with a group of unlikely characters. It was created by Taylor Sheridan. Today, Rodrigo gets to sit down with showrunner Terrence Winter, who you may know from shows like The Sopranos or Boardwalk Empire. Uh, he gets to do another mob show here. So, uh, Rodrigo, let's talk about your thoughts on the show and then tee up your interview with Terrence Winter. Yeah, it's an interesting it's an interesting show. The idea of like this um, and, and some of the stuff that Terrence and I talked about is like it's interesting of like the idea of, a you know, an East Coaster who's like essentially uh, exiled to, you know, the middle of the country. And, uh, you know, he's in, in New York mafia, dude. And it's Sylvester Sloan And. Sylvester Stallone is like, you know, the dude is like, what, like 75 years old now or something like 76. And he plays essentially a 76 year old on the show. They're not trying to like dial him down. And they really play with like the kind of archetype of this kind of like, you know, we've known this guy as the hero. We've mm -hmm. known this guy as the invincible Rocky Balboa and all these other million characters. And here he's like, you know, it's interesting. It's a, it's a, there's a lot going on in the show in terms of like, it's kind of, uh, a bit of a comedy and in, in fact Terrence more Winter than I was expecting for sure yeah yeah and 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 in fact Terrence Winter told me they were going to submit it in the comedy section for the Emmys and and he said you know he said that that was just kind of like as you can see from the show it's like it, it the kind of fish out of water stuff just kind of brings that the whole idea of like the sort of the absurdity and ridiculousness of Sylvester Stallone being a mob boss who got fucked over by his bosses and having being exiled to Tulsa Oklahoma 
to try and like set up shop there and not knowing anything. He's been in prison for 25 years. He doesn't know what a, he did, barely knows what a cell phone is. He certainly doesn't know what <laughs> apps are and things. He doesn't know what Uber is. And so like, you know, from Terrence's perspective, he said like a lot of that stuff was just kind of like naturally comedic. It's like a, a mob show, but it definitely has this kind of like, you can't help but like the fish out of water element to it is is just inherently funny, you know? And then there's like the kind of like soulful side to it too, where, you know, this is the guy who's been, he's lost most of his life. He's been in prison for 25 years. Um, He's got a family. He had a daughter. He's, he's you know, they're uh, estranged from him. He doesn't know where they are, but that's in the back of his mind too. Like, you know, the whole thing starts out for him from this perspective that he's just been royally screwed over. Like he went to prison for one of his bosses. He basically kept his mouth shut. 25 years later, finally he gets out and he's like, all right, make good on me, right? And yeah, you would expect for keeping your mouth shut and being in prison for 25 years that you really would. And instead they're like, sorry, man, we're on hard times. Like the, the game has changed. It's not like what it was. And all we got for you is Tulsa, Oklahoma. And he's like, you're fucking kidding me, right? Like <laughs> that it's like a, it's like this massive insult. And you know, the, the like, you know, Dominic uh, Lombardozzi who plays uh, Don Charles Chicky and Vernezzi, he's essentially the underboss because his father's the, the main boss, but he's like kind of sick and old. You know, you can kind of see it. He's got some empathy for him, right? He's like, I'm sorry, dude. Like, I know, like you've been loyal to us. And you've been good to us, but this is really literally all we have for you. And that's just gonna how it's gonna be. So it starts out in this sort of like real gutting kind of dire thing for Stallone's uh, Dwight, the General Man Freddy character. You know, he just mm-hmm. he's been screwed, and then he has to go to like Tulsa, and then that is in itself has you know all these interesting characters that he comes across and sort of starts adding to his his repertoire of people. Like there's Martin Starr who plays a guy who runs a a weed shop. There's uh, Bodie. Yeah. Bodie. Garrett Hedlund plays a a bartender who looks like he's ex-military. And, you know, it seems like Stallone's got to build a crew and it seems like Garrett Hedlund could be one of those people. There's of course uh, falls into bed with Andrea Savage's character. Who's an FBI agent. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, Andrea Savage is Stacey Beale. And that's a a lot of good friction there. Mm -hmm. uh, Sure. Because they just had a a random hookup and, They didn't think that was going to be a, a, a anything, and then it turns out he's a she's a part of the FBI and he's a a, a mob guy, and so they're like, oh fuck, um, <laughs> so that's interesting. And what what was really interesting about this, you know, it's created by Taylor Sheridan, and he wrote the pilot, but you know, Terrence was so um, you know basically by to hear it from him is like Taylor wrote the pilot and was like, all right, I got I got seven seventeen other shows to deal with. Yeah, um, this is yours. This is your baby now. I've got visitation rights. I think that's what the term he used. And uh, I might stop in here and there, but this is yours. And so you got to like, you got to make it your own. You got to do your own thing. And, you know, good luck. And, you know, Terrence did do a lot of things. Like the show is going to be, it was originally called Kansas City. And yeah, that was one, Tulsa King. Yeah. Yeah. And that was one of the decisions that, that um, Terrence Winter made. He was like, you know, we, we need to find it. We need to make it a little bit more remote. You know, as he was saying, Kansas City has a a pretty, I don't know if legendary is the right word, but it has like substantial mob ties. And, you know, there has been a real history of the mob there. So he really wanted to, he was like, let's find something where really much more remote and and really let's exaggerate. Like he's, he's just really interesting. I mean, he's such a good interview and he's such a smart guy. He's been doing this for so long. Also, some of his credits, unless people don't know, is like he wrote The Wolf of Wall Street for Scorsese. Boardwalk Empire is obviously Scorsese's and he ran that show. He uh, did uh, Scorsese's vinyl. He's like Scorsese's kind of like right-hand man, you know? 
for sure. Yeah, um, he's definitely was, someone who has earned his place in this world. And it's a very yeah, untaylor Sheridan move for him to to just kind of plop it on someone's desk and walk away. He's generally someone who likes to have a hand on the wheel. Yeah, that's what I, you know, that's what I said in our conversation. I was like, I, you know, you know, if you were looking from this from afar and, and you might you might mistake him for a micromanager, but you know, this <laughs> is a guy who totally handed it off to him. And and you know, uh Terrence really got into into the weeds of like explaining about all the different ways it was changed and all the ways they really leaned into certain elements for more comedy, for more drama, for more, you know, whatever it was, you know, it's just like really trying to just like exaggerate it all in, in trying to just, you know, up the, the, all the factors of drama and comedy. Like it just, even, even just the simple, like, you know, let's make this Tulsa. Let's like make it, make it more remote, make, let's make it even more difficult for this guy. Let's make him really feel like he's in the middle of nowhere kind of thing, you know? The only thing I wanted to do is kind of up the scale a bit. It does feel very small in comparison to a lot of these different like mob shows or the Taylor Sheridan, you know, verse kind of series that we see. Yeah. But it is just two episodes in and we've well, only seen the two episodes. So we'll see where it goes. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing. It's like he's still just building it. Right. Right. Uh, He's just gotten there. He's just sort of meeting people. You know, Martin Starr is going to be part of his crew and 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 some of that. Reluctantly, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but but like he hasn't really built that crew yet. So it's just starting to go. And I don't know if you've seen the trailers, but uh, the trailers really hint as to a more expansive, violent, epic kind of show um, to what you're awesome. suggesting. So I think it definitely goes there. Um, another thing interesting that he told me thing that he told me that I thought was really interesting is that when it when this was first reported, I believe it was the Wall Street Journal that said this is going to tie into Yellowstone and maybe that there was going to be some Yellowstone like John Dutton appearing or something like that. <laughs> and uh, Terrence was like, nope. <laughs> He's like, maybe that was the plan at one point, but not under not under my plan. So, yeah, of- I think it would hurt the series, if anything, if if it needed to tie into Yellowstone. Yeah, I don't think it really needs it. Given the way that the shows are, I think you could have probably done it in a way that was pretty simple and um, wouldn't have hurt it in any kind of way because it wouldn't be major. But, you know, it sounds like they're not doing it at all. So that's that's fine, too. You know? Yeah. Why do it if it doesn't have a real purpose? Yeah. And, you know, who knows? They could still do it down the road at some sure. point if they wanted sure. to. It could be as simple as the two of them crossing paths in an airport or something, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That'd be fine if there was just a nod, but they didn't necessarily have to... F- you know, fill the same storylines right. or anything. like if it got if it got like, you know, oh, you know, turned into a thing, it would probably that seems like too much, right? Yeah. That might be a, a bridge too far considering all of the Yellowstone spinoffs we already have yeah, or have yeah. coming. Yeah, for sure. It's still building, you know, it's yeah. not quite there yet, but it's only two episodes. And Terrence Winter is a real delight. He's such a smart right. guy. He's so he just knows story and character and everything so well. So you know, if anyone's interested in that kind of thing beyond just, you know, being interested in the show, I mean, his credits are amazing. Um, he's he's a, a really brilliant guy, and I just really recommend people to, to check it out and listen because he's awesome. All right. Before we get to our chat with our guests, as always, I've got to tell you that Bingeworthy is a part of the Playlist Podcast Network, which includes the Playlist Podcast, the Discourse, the Rogue Ones, Yellowstoners, Deep Focus, the Fourth Wall, and more. We can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Anchor FM, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you find your favorite shows. Follow, like, and subscribe. Drop us a rating as we always appreciate it. All right. Let's jump right over to that interview with the great Terrence Winter. (laughs) 
it's good to see you. I haven't talked to you since Boardwalk Empire. So when this came up, I really jumped at the chance. It's like, oh, great. Oh, yeah, great. nice to, nice to talk to you again. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's a it's a really great show. It's really intriguing. I love the concept. And, and thank you. There's a there's a great story here of how you got involved. Um, you know, obviously Taylor Sheridan's uh, the Sheridan verse, as we like to call it, is is really expanding and stuff. And and it's you know become this really big empire on Paramount. I would love you to tell me the story of how you got involved because it's it sounds pretty interesting. It was really it came together really quickly and really simply. I got a call. Taylor and I share the same agent and manager. So I guess it was sometime in 2021, I got a call and they said, hey, Taylor Sheridan wrote this pilot. It's kind of got a mob theme. Uh, he wrote it really quickly over the course of a weekend. Uh, Sylvester Stallone is attached. Taylor's so busy, he can't possibly do anything with it. But he said, well, if Terry Winter wants to be involved, that would be great. And I said, well, gee, I have to think about it. Uh, so about a nanosecond later, I said, great, I'll do it. Uh, that's about as much thought as I needed to put into it. I heard, you know, Taylor and Sly. I was like, shit, are you kidding me? So uh, they sent me the pilot. I read it. I thought it was really fun. Uh, had some ideas of my own. Taylor and I had a quick Zoom. Uh, you know, his original version took place in Kansas City. Right. Uh, his original incarnation, the character, had not been in prison. He was more like a low-level thug. Uh, I thought it would be more interesting if, like, what if the guy was getting out of jail after 25 years and he was estranged from his family and, he, you know, he's really at odds with his mob family. So, you know, just create as much conflict as possible. So I pitched all this to Taylor and he said, great, go do your thing. Uh, it's your baby. I just have visitation rights and go, go. And, and I did. I literally have only spoken to Taylor twice in my entire life. I spent that Zoom call and then I met him in person right before we started production. We had a great dinner. And uh, and I went off and did my thing. And uh, true to his word, he has just been supportive and wonderful. And, you know, the show luckily looks like people like it. So very happy about it. That's that's astonishing, especially because, you know, as, as people who follow like the Yellowstone and Sheridan verse universe well he's got his fingers in every one of these pies he writes everything it's like the guy doesn't sleep he does all this stuff he's somehow directing somehow writing somehow overviewing all of it you you almost think is this a micromanager but this guy obviously from what he did with you it's like have at it yeah which is which has been great you know i mean and and you know and and, i think this worked out you know exactly how we had intended you know hopefully in a perfect world you go hey i wrote the pilot i brought in somebody who can execute it now and go and do it and then i'll go off and do do that again and you know i mean look if that's the kind if you can do that a few times that's the kind of business i want to be in you know just sort of but it's it's hard you know i mean taylor is obviously uh, you know, knows his audience very well and he knows what they want. And it's it's got to be very difficult for somebody like that to turn over an, an idea that they're interested in and and near and dear to their hearts to, to somebody else and let them put their stamp on it. And as much, you know, as good as it could be, it's not him. You know, he would do it his way and I'll do it my way. So right. but he's been very, very trusting. What I love about the genius of this, which I don't I, I, maybe it's intentional, I guess, but like a Midwesterner gets a New Yorker to tell the story of a New Yorker who gets exiled in the Midwest. It's like, wow, yeah. that is genius. Well, it's funny. I mean, I kind of had the experience of Dwight myself, you know, aside from being obviously I've never been involved with the mob in any way, but I got to go to Tulsa to do research. And, you know, from what I understand, 
I do present as someone who's from New York. I talk with my hands and I have an accent. And I was curious to see like how people, you know, are people going to know I'm not from Oklahoma? And the answer is yes, immediately. Uh, they they knew. And uh, and how would they react, you know? And, and you know, also not only from Oklahoma, from L.A., you know, the two, you know, most opposite places from from Tulsa you could be. But they were they were absolutely lovely. People could not have been nicer. It's It was a really cool town, great art community, great restaurants, like really, really interesting. And then we we ended up shooting a lot of it, most of it in Oklahoma City as well. And uh, again, just could, can't say enough about both of those places. They were, they were great. Just aside from being hot as hell, they were 106 degrees for like five straight months. But aside from that, great. <laughs> Do you get like inspiration from just the whole like, okay, people know that, okay, this is not, he's not from Oklahoma, he's New Yorker. So you're a fish out of water. Is that already like informing like the story? Yeah, I mean, you, you <laughs> just sort of, you just sort of have to write it the way it actually p happens. You know, I mean, you just sort of let these characters behave and you're going to get comedic reactions. You know, you don't have to write jokes. You just sort of put Sly in a DMV in Oklahoma and you're going to get comedy, you know, it's just sort of, or a guy like that looks like that who walks into a cowboy bar, like already, you know, people are looking at him like, what the hell is just, who is this? What is this? You know? So uh, it's just sort of really inherently funny. Well, that's the other thing that kind of surprised me about it is how, how funny it is. It's like, yes, it's a mob drama. It's got all this other stuff going on to it. A fish out of water. He's been exiled, but it, it's, it's really funny. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It is intended to be a comedy. It is a dark comedy and we'll be submitting it in the comedy category. You oh, know, it, wow. it's sort of, you know, as we realized going into it, I mean, the, the, the premise is just inherently comedic and, you know, this will never be the crown, you know, I mean, that's a, that's a drama, you know I mean? Right. This is, this is always going to be, have a, a little bit of a wink to the audience, you know, just, just based on, on the premise and, and what it is, but, you know, not to say it doesn't have moments of great poignancy and moments right. of great action, you know, which it does, but it is, it is on its face, a, a comedy. That's interesting. Um, you know, you're, you're talking about all the different facets of it has that it has, you know, we I've only seen two episodes. I think that's basically all people have seen so far. Yeah. But you get this real kind of, and I think this is also maybe endemic to your work, you get this idea of this, you know, the practical problems of this guy. He's he's a fish out of water. He's used to New York. He's got to build up a whole empire. He's he's starting from scratch. So that's the practical. But then there's the whole, which I which I love and I gravitate to a little bit. The the sort of the spiritual, uh, uh, the dilemma that he has with his daughter and his family and the ideas of yeah. redemption and stuff like that. Tell me about working the two of those in there because I feel like that's very you. Yeah. Well, well, that that's what that's the part that that got me intrigued with this more than anything. I mean, the the, the premise was great and fun, and I knew I could have a lot of fun with the idea that you know this is a, a fish out of water. But the idea of a seventy five year old man, a guy at the, in the twilight of his years, who is now rethinking all of his life's choices, you know that that oath he took, that organization he believed in with all his heart now realizing that maybe they don't have my best interests in mind and all of that is bullshit and that big code that I adhered to is now meaningless. They are not taking care of me. I gave up everything. I'm estranged from my daughter. I only have a limited amount of time left to make something in my life and rectify the sins of the past. And oh, I'm still a gangster and I have very limited skills and very limited conflict resolution skills <laughs> and I am in the middle of fucking nowhere and I have to make, make my way. So that's the thing. I was like, that's what I want to sink my teeth into. Like, what is right. this guy thinking? Uh, and then on top of it, you get, you know, he's just out of jail. He's he's basically just walked out of a time capsule 
uh, you know, and can't believe, you know, doesn't understand virtual reality and can't, I haven't even been in jail and I don't understand half the shit that's going on. So I can't imagine what, what a guy like that must be going through. Oh, you know, that coffee costs $5 for a cup of black coffee. You're like, what? You know, I mean, right. it's, it's, this is the shit that, you know, is, is fun and, and befuddling, uh, certainly to somebody like that, you know, and to hear that a mobster's take on these things is, is just, you know, again, can't help but laugh. Yeah, a mobster's take, but then a mobster who's been out of commission. Like, you know, just yeah. the, I love the idea that like Uber, what? You know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. What is that? And, yeah. Like, and, and, and we yeah. haven't really seen, well, maybe we have a little bit, but like just the idea of like, you know, social media, like what, what the hell is that guy going to do with social media? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or what's an app and how does it work? And yeah, all of that. Yeah. It's, it's just a, it's a big mystery. Yeah. I mean, it's, a, I guess in that regard, the remit, the mission given to you, it feels like, I can see where you added all this stuff because it's like, it's such a juicy premise already, but like, there's just so many ways to make it juicier, which you did, right? I hope so. Yeah. I mean, that was certainly the intention and that was sort of, you know, I think why they hired me. So hopefully I, uh, I executed it, but you know, it was great to, you know, populate his world with, you know, with other fun characters and then, you know, blessed to, you know, the fact you got sliced alone at the helm, you know, he's kind of an actor magnet. So, you know, you get people like Andrea Savage and Martin Starr and yeah. Max Casella, Dominic Lombardozzi, Chris Calavino, you know, all wanting to line up, you know, to, to work with him, you know, so it was, it was great. I mean, so not only do I have, this fun universe and these really interesting, fun characters, but I've got the best possible actors to play them. And it worked out great. And Vince Piazza, I should add to that list too. Another. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's yeah. a lot of, there's a lot of like, yeah, a lot two. of heavyweights. Yeah. Yeah. They're really great. Um, Tell me about oh, Garrett the Hedlund too. I don't forget him. Yeah. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. And, and that's an interesting one too. Dana Delaney. I can't, I'm going to get the whole cast, but every one of them is like, you know, murderers row. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about the decision of changing it from, I think it was Kansas to, to Oklahoma. Yeah, it was Kansas City originally. Um, you know, one of the things I said to Taylor, you know, you know, if the, the premise, you know, what we're going for, what you're going for here is that he goes to a place where there's basically no mob presence. So, you know, Kansas City actually has a very long and storied history with the Italian-American mob. You know, and I reminded Taylor, if you remember uh, in the movie Casino, when the guys are in Vegas and they're calling home, they're calling Kansas City. That's, you know, so I think I think we need a place that's more remote, that has no connection to the Italian-American mob. And he said, like, where? And I was like, well, I don't know, Oklahoma. And then I had to look at a map and go, oh, yeah, there's Oklahoma. And, and then even more specifically, Tulsa. And uh, we said, Let, let's say it's there. And then I uh, I got on a plane and spent three days in Tulsa wandering around and sort of soaking it all in. And uh, I said, yeah, this is this is the right place. One of the things that's uh, we don't really get so much in the show yet, but you you see it in the trailers. It seems like there's you know he he's setting up his world right now. He's 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 organizing. He's trying to get everything together. But it seems like things go really south at some point, and then there is a lot of action and yeah, things kind of get ugly and dirty. Is that circumstance, or is that almost what this character, the general, like? Is he? She almost feels like a magnet towards this kind of stuff, even if he doesn't want to. <laughs> it feels like. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, if you're going to apply your trade, you know, in illegal stuff, you're going to invite trouble. And you know, there's also right. competition. You know, there are other like-minded people who are also prone to violence who are going to be uh, annoyed that somebody's encroaching on their territory or their business. So it almost, you know, you can almost set your watch by the fact that you know this is not going to just be smooth sailing. And I think also the character is not naive enough to think that, you know, just because there isn't the Italian American mob out there doesn't mean there aren't criminals and gangsters, you know, who may be wearing cowboy hats or biker gangs or militia people. You know, there there's 
bed dangerous people come in all stripes and all ethnicities and all kinds of clothing. So, uh, you know, he, he almost can't help but run into those same people. Tell me about the Stallone of it all, because, you know, I think like people forget that, like, you know, he's not just an actor. He's a writer. He's a director. Oh, yeah. Tell me all, yeah. you know, he's a great collab. It must be a great collaborator. He was great. I mean, that was one of the gifts, you know, you're not just getting this terrific actor, you're getting, like you said, all those different hats, you know, so you're collaborating with somebody who's been doing this at the highest possible level for decades. Uh, so, you know, and you know, the greatest thing about him too, in terms of the collaboration was he's not, if whatever, if he would suggest a change or an idea, it was never born of the idea like, oh, I don't want to do this. It doesn't make me look cool or I don't want to look foolish. I want to look like the tough guy. It was always came from a place of what's best for the character, what's real for the character, what's best for the show. You know, and he was always, always looking at it from that angle, not like, oh, I want to I want to make sure I'm shown in the best possible light or oh, I want I want to say that joke. Not don't give it to that. part. you know, it was always, you know, again, what's best for the movie? What's best for the show? So it was great. I mean, he you know, I've said this before, too. It's like, you know, they say, be careful, don't meet your heroes. Well, this hero you can meet. He was awesome. I mean, from the beginning, funny, smart, like really well read. He's basically is Dwight without the mob stuff. He is that guy. Uh, incredibly formidable. Uh, physically, like you can't believe this guy's 75 years old. Not, right. not in a million years. Really funny, really self-deprecating, really smart, and exactly what you'd hoped he would be. You know, just really incredible work ethic, uh, kind to everybody on the crew. He's the kind of guy you want as the number one on the call sheet. You know, much like Jim Gallofini or Bobby Cannavale or Steve Buscemi, who I'm blessed to work with all those guys. Those are the types of people you want at the helm, you know, who set the tone for everybody else. Speaking of, you were, you were talking about it, like him being open to being, I don't know, vulnerable, I guess, in a way. I really think that scene where him and Andrea Savage, when she says, you're 75, and it's so yeah. like, oh, yeah. it's so it's so kind of painful and hurtful, but yeah. he kind of like leans into that, like rather he than- does, being, yeah. I mean, you're like, yeah, I mean, when you see it, you're like, wait a minute, you're talking to Rocky here, yeah. lady. <laughs> you know, like, oh, you can't believe like he's- He's being called out like, you know, he's he's been such a romantic interest for so long that anybody would question anything. But but that's that's just the reality of this is that. Yeah. And it's funny. I mean, and he even talked about it. The idea of playing that is like, I can't believe I'm 75 either. I'm almost <laughs> apologizing for it. It's like, believe me, nobody's more surprised that I'm 75 than I am. You know, I wake up in the morning and, I, you know, you feel like you're 30 again. And, you know, even I'm, I'm, I'm 62. And somebody said to me recently, I talked about, oh, I'm so excited because, you know, ski season is almost here. And I said, you ski at your age? I was like, at my age, what? <laughs> holy shit. And then I was like, well, I, I guess that's maybe some people think that's weird. But I was like, holy shit. I think I'm, I think I'm 30 and I'm not. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, Sly, same deal. I mean, it's like, wow, yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, time has a way of doing that. I mean, it's real. I guess it's like, I don't know if you guys are consciously doing that, but you're having fun playing with that idea. Like, the, the Yeah, idea. and I think I think the key is to be honest about it, to not like have a 75 reactor and make believe he's 55, which we could do. And, and right. very often people would do. But it's right. like shine a light on the fact that, yeah, this guy's this guy is exactly how old we say he is. And right. then those are his frames of reference, you know, his, you know, he'll make, you know, references to TV shows from the 60s and he's met with blank stares. You know, people have no idea who Mr. Ed is or George right. Jefferson or, <laughs> you know, things like that. And he's just like, and he, you know, he, you forget, you know, you think everybody has the same frame of reference as you do and they don't. Well, it's, it's just interesting too, the way you play with that archetype, but because, you know, we know him as the hero and here he is being apologetic for his age. It's such yeah. a... 
Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. such a kind of like wow kind of moment, you know. I, I wanted to ask because it, I don't know if this was correct or not because it was written maybe like middle of the summer or something, but um, I think someone like Forbes or said that this show was actually going to tie into Yellowstone at some point. Is that is that going to happen? Is that correct? No, not okay. correct. Yeah, I think this would be probably- great. It'd be great right. if it would, but uh, yeah, maybe uh, John Dutton and and uh, Dwight hang out when. Uh, Maybe they're on the same plane together or something. Right. I think it was John like, Dutton probably has his own jet. So, you know. <laughs> right. I don't think it was so much apocryphal as it was maybe it was written before you'd come on board before. the. Yeah, the maybe. Or, you know what? Honestly, that's probably a better question for Taylor. Maybe he has an idea that I'm not aware of, in which case I'm sure it'll be great. <laughs> um, you came on board. Does it? Would it be fair to say that timing was kind of perfect because you were doing something else, or you were about to do something else, right? With that Gotham PD series. I think the Gotham ended. thing had ended a while before this was presented to me. If yeah. uh, if my memory serves, uh, yeah, that just didn't didn't work, and uh, I was looking for something else. You know, not consciously. I was probably working on a on a feature or something or or and then this sort of came to me out of the blue and like i said it was you know it's just one of those things that sort of dropped in my lap that literally within a minute of being told what it was i said yes i didn't have to think about it i didn't have to read the pilot i was like they gave me the premise who was involved and i was like absolutely yeah i wanted to work with celeste alone my entire life uh you know i saw rocky as a teenager and have always admired him and uh, I was like, this this sounds perfect for him. So I was just on board immediately. People look to you for things like this, you know, crime, mob. They know yeah. you're of the Sopranos and and Boardwalk and all these things like that. And some of these actors that you mentioned that you've worked for <laughs> with in the past. And you don't shy away from saying yes to this because I feel like you always find a new way to breathe life into it. And I think part of this is his like it's different this the exile yeah and that that is exactly the thing you look for i mean one of the big challenges of doing a mob show is finding a new way in uh you know it, it, you know most shows set in this world or new york or chicago or jersey you know it's 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 you know it, it's hard to find a fresh perspective but this was it i was like oh of course you take this guy and drop him in the middle of cowboy country now you've got a completely you know, a melding of two tried and true genres that people love and let, have fun with that. So Taylor, the genius of that original pilot was that this marriage of these two genres. And I was like, that is exactly a, a fresh look at this whole thing. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, too, because like Yellowstone is arguably like that, too, but still very different. Like, you know, Yellowstone, no, but I've always described Yellowstone as in a way as like the godfather in Montana. Because of the right. family legacy. Yeah, yeah, it's a family but it's, drama. But yeah. it's not a necessarily a mob stuff like this is. And right. even though they're similar in terms of Western and crime, right. you still ended up creating something that's completely different. Yeah, I mean, the, the behavior is the same. You know, they may have different slang and they may wear different clothes and eat different food. But basically, you know, a family criminal enterprise or a you know, darker business enterprise, sort of, they, they kind of look the same way and they, they follow the same playbook. So it's, uh, it, 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 they are similar. The show is already like, kind of like teasing and playing out some of the, you know, coastal divide differences. Is that, is that stuff that you guys are going to get into just like, not even like politically, but just like you said, like, even just like the cultural differences of like coasts, I guess, or, 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 or thinking, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's certainly not, not intentional or conscious. I think you kind of can't help it. I mean, I think it's just sort of when you're mixing, you know, when you've got a guy who owns a weed store interacting with, you know, cowboys, it's like there are going to be 
different cultural, uh, you know, differences that are just kind of come to the to the surface. I think, though, you know, one of the things that it does, it also shows how similar people are. That right. as much as you think like, wow, it'd be so different. Like, yeah, actually not not as much. You know, we all we're all just trying to get through the day. We all just want to feed our kids and, you know, and go home and, you know, live a peaceful life. And, you know, as much as, you know, I think people get along a lot better in real life than they do on the news. You know, and that's my that's my take. You know, I've been on yeah. spent a lot of time in Oklahoma with people who are, you know, absolutely politically could not be more different. But you still you're still rooting for the same sports teams. And again, you know, you, you still you still tr basically want the same things in life. And then you can find that commonality. I think the show kind of highlights that a little bit, too. Yeah, that's interesting, because I spent some time in Montana and Wyoming before Yellowstone took off. And, you know, but but still enough to be like, oh, are we going to see, you know, whatever? Is it going to be culturally shocking? And yeah. it was like, there was no nothing. There yeah. Was like yeah, it's fine. Yeah. If you did not know you were in Oklahoma, uh, in, in the sense of politically and, you know, what you would think it would be like, you would never know from the people interacting with the people or, you know, this place has an incredible art scene and incredible eclectic restaurant scene and a big gay community. And, and, and it's just like any other city. Yeah. And then you realize, Oh, we are in Oklahoma, but it's like, no, not, you know, again, you're, 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 you know, so much of what we think and we form opinions that are just based on, again, what we see in the news and how people want to divide us. And it's mm -hmm. not, that's not true. You know, not, not, I mean, sure it is in pockets, but not it was not any of our experiences. Yeah, it's really interesting. Are you? Do you feel like you're learning more about that just by being there and being on the ground and absorbing? Yeah, ab culture? absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it was eye opening for me, and I and I was like, oh, right, you know. And then I was like, I felt almost embarrassed. Like, of course, you know, you kind of fall for it. You know, you think, right. oh, you you know, you're hearing about you know all this you know, how, how, you know, you think you'd be, you know, you people from Hollywood show up in Oklahoma, you think they're going to burn you at the stake. And it's like, they couldn't have been more welcoming and nice and interested and, and engaged in what we were doing and wanting to be part of it and stuff. So yeah, I was like, oh, of course, shame on me for believing what I read in the paper. Well, it's interesting, you know, the more they, the more that we're separated at all, the more it's easier to believe those kinds of things. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because yeah, you don't absolutely. know. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, yeah and, and you don't you don't get that experience and certainly you know being locked down for two years and not having the benefit of getting out in the world and you know just talking to people you know you start your mind starts to play tricks on you yeah absolutely do you have a road map for this do you guys see this several seasons do you see this like what what's the timeline for this kind of thing? yeah i mean you know in a perfect world we'd go on for several seasons you know i kind of had you know when i started doing this i sort of had an end game for the character um, you know, I always make the analogy. It's like driving from, you know, New York to L. Uh, yeah, New York to L.A. And you're stopping in different cities along the way. Those are the various seasons. And that's just the question. Right? How do we get from point A to point B and B to C? So I have a, I, an idea. I hope I hope we get the opportunity to go on uh, for several years. But, you know, I haven't heard anything yet. And uh, hopefully they'll make a decision in a month or so, you know, once they see, uh, you know, if people are actually responding, which it seems like they are. So that's good. Uh, but yeah, I would love to continue to tell the story. I think we've got a lot more story to tell. And certainly if Sly is game, I am. So absolutely. That's cool. I was going to kind of ask you, but what else you got cooking? But it sounds like this is probably going to. This is it for now. Yeah, this is on my, this is absolutely that my all my focus is on this and trying to get this thing launched. And, uh, you know, I'll do one thing at a time. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk. I really appreciate absolutely it. Absolutely. My pleasure. I thank you. I love your perspective yeah. on things and uh, I can't wait to see where this goes. Great. Well, thank you so much. Really a pleasure talking to you. You too. Talk to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye.